Welcome back to Return to Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Clay Curry. If this is your first time here with me, then allow me to say welcome to the show and thank you very much for joining us today. If you've been here before, I appreciate your continued loyalty to the truth, this podcast, and for coming back for more. And of course, if you haven't yet listened to our previous podcast episode, or season for that matter, then please make sure you go back and give it a listen. The last episode that we recorded was season two, episode 15, titled A New Earth. In that episode, we discussed the reality of a new earth, completely unlike anything virtual we could ever attempt to create. We look directly at what the Bible tells us about it and how this is a great reset you will actually want to be a part of. So with that said, before we begin today's episode, we need to ask God to guide us into a better understanding of his word. So let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we call out to your name and ask that you will allow us to see the truth in your word. Help us to trust what we read and to understand that this is the voice of God in this holy scriptures that we read. Help us now to make what is written a priority in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. The title of today's episode is, It Is Written. So let's go ahead and begin. I want to start off by saying, how much trust do you have in your government? That's a bit of a hot topic right now, isn't it? Honestly, I can't say I have too much trust in any of them at this point. You know, I was reading the other day that less than three of every 10 Americans say they trust the federal government to do the right thing. That's somewhat amazing considering when a national election survey first asked citizens this question in 1958, it was 73% that said they could trust the government, just about always or almost all the time. In recent years, though, that number has plunged to nearly 3% for just about always, and 16% for most of the time. However, in 1964, the numbers were at an all-time high of 77%. But within a decade, a time that included the Vietnam War, civil unrest, and the Watergate scandal, trust had dropped by more than half. Though trust rebounded in the 1980s, it began falling again after the 9-11 terror attacks. The war in Iraq, economic uncertainty, and even Hurricane Katrina played a role. Interestingly enough, younger people are slightly more trusting of the government today. Now, I'm sure if you would ask the question now, that number would even be less given our current state of affairs. So what can you trust? If you can't trust the current administration or those in Congress, what else is there? Well, looking into the life of Jesus, we see that he had absolute trust in his government, the government of heaven from where he came from. When he was faced with his temptations and crisis from the devil himself, Christ turned to a resource that never let him down. He turned to the word of God. It says here in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The Bible is more than just a book. It's the written form of God Almighty Himself. 
The revelation of divine truth in the pages of Scripture were so essential to the life of Jesus that he compared the Bible to our need of daily food. So what does that tell us? It tells us in order to survive in this broken, untrusting world below, we need to familiarize ourselves with the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God. Rather a constant state of knowledge in the Bible than all the abundance this life can bring. You see, the trustworthiness of the government of Israel and the spiritual leaders of God's people had fallen to an all-time low in his time. And when the Messiah had come to earth, so much so that the rulers of the time did not even recognize that their long-awaited deliverer stood among them. They were completely oblivious to the fact that what they sought after, the one and only thing they believed in, their own king, was standing right out in front of them and was written in the very words that they were teaching from. They weren't trusting in the word. They were simply trusting in themselves and traditions, and they certainly weren't believing or studying what was written. They didn't believe in the word. That's plain and simple. However, we see that Christ believed in the authority of the word of God. He set it above human traditions and public opinion. Jesus pleaded with the Jews to study the scriptures carefully. It says here in Matthew 21, 42, Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. In a time when trust in institutions is very low, we can have a sure foundation in the Bible just like Jesus but we need to make it a priority. That's the underlying issue here. Are you making it a priority? Are you living and breathing and reading the Bible? Here's another interesting discovery that I read about. It says here, the Dutch National Museum made an embarrassing discovery a few years ago. One of the most prized possessions in their collection was a moon rock. During the Apollo trips to the moon, more than 840 pounds of rock were collected, and some were given as gifts by U.S. ambassadors to different countries around the world. The Prime Minister of the Netherlands received one such gift, and when he died in 1988, the rock was donated to the museum. Everyone thought the rock was authentic, and it was even insured for half a million dollars. But researchers at the Free University of Amsterdam had their thoughts and began extensive testing. They finally concluded that the rock was a piece of petrified wood worth about 70 bucks. No one knows how the switch was ever made. So how trustworthy is the Bible? Well, it says here in Matthew 7.24, the word of God is compared to a solid rock, which says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. It is a standing stone, firm and unmovable. It has withstood the test of time, and even though there have been more attempts to destroy it completely, it still remains intact. We are also told that it is even better than fine gold and sweeter than honey. Psalms 19.10, which reads, More to be desired are they than gold, 
yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. But how does one truly know they possess heavenly truth? Maybe if we knew what we had, we wouldn't take it so lightly. We wouldn't take it for granted. It comes only through the influence of the Holy Spirit. Who alone can reveal God's message to us? The Apostle Paul explained that for what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. That's 1 Corinthians 2.11. So it is through the guidance of the Holy Spirit we grow to trust the Scriptures and in turn allow them to transform us. Reading on, it says here in 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's go at this a different way for a moment. Mouth-to-mouth resuscitation has been called the kiss of life and has saved countless people who have stopped breathing. I could say the same thing about the Bible. It has breathed spiritual life into so many. As I read more into this, it says mouth-to-mouth resuscitation was first publicly advocated by an English physician named William Hawes in the mid-1700s. For a year, he paid a reward to anyone who brought him the body of someone who had drowned, within a reasonable amount of time, of course. He eventually set up the Royal Humane Society with training and life-saving apparatus, mostly in ports and coastal towns where the risk of drowning was the highest. Insulfilations, also called rescue breaths, force air into person's respiratory systems. It's called CPR training, and it recommends first checking for circulation, a pulse, then checking for breathing, and then, if necessary, performing mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Breathing for someone else can save a life. The point to all of this is, are you taking the time to breathe? Or in other words, are you taking the time to read the Holy Scriptures? Are you trusting in God's Word? Or are you taking it all for granted? God first breathed the breath of life into Adam at creation. But there is another type of breathing that describes how writers of the Holy Scriptures worked. As we just read, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Looking forward here, it says, even though revelations were written down in human language, they are still God's messages. It was not so much that the words were inspired, rather the writers were inspired. These men did not flip on a digital voice recorder to capture God's exact words. Writers often did write God's exact words, but in most cases, they wrote in their own language what they saw or heard through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through God's life-giving Spirit, we have received, in the Bible, life-saving truths. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5, Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. So, this is the question. Why in the world are we not taking the time to understand this better? Seriously, shouldn't this be what we strive for? Shouldn't this be all we live for? And where is our Bible now? On a shelf in the other room collecting dust. 
If we truly believed and trusted what was written, we would be making this the only priority in our lives. Nothing else would matter. Why are other priorities winning here? Why are we trusting in other things? So what is it? Sports, fishing, hunting, cars, media, tech, fame, your job, you name it. What do you spend more time with? What do you spend more time in? Is it these things of the world or the Bible, the voice of God? Truth is, whatever it is, it will be taking up the throne in your life, whether you like it or not. And before you know it, God is now in last place. This life, the things of this world, the trials, the tribulations, the distractions, all are designed to keep you away from trusting that this is what matters the most. We are so inundated every day of our lives, and it is driving us away from spending the much-needed time in the Holy Scriptures. If you truly believe that this is the Word of God, if you truly believe that this will give you life, then what are we doing? So what can we do? What's our next step? John chapter 6, verse 35 says, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he believes in me shall never thirst. It's more than opening up your Bible one day a week at church. That won't do it, unfortunately. There is more to it than that. And I'm really preaching to myself here as well. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. We need to treat this as if it was life-sustaining, because it is. We need to truly trust that this is God's Word and take it for exactly what it is. If this is God's voice, why aren't you willing to listen? Why aren't you willing to pick it up and read it? Why is it sitting in the other room? You know, we make time to eat food and drink water and breathe the air around us to survive. Then you know what? We need to think of this in the exact same way. We need the bread that God has given us in order to battle this broken world. In John chapter 4, verses 10, 13, and 14, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water, springing up into everlasting life. If we only knew what we had with us, the water of everlasting life is already here, but we are acting as if it is some afterthought, something that just sits there with no life in it whatsoever at all. That is exactly what is happening here. We aren't taking it seriously, and we aren't trusting that it is really the Word of God. Again, we're taking it for granted. They say, oh yeah, I need to read my Bible more. You're right. I can't remember the last time I opened it. But you know what? Reading the Bible each day shouldn't be a chore. It shouldn't be something we dread doing. Nor should it be something we do just to mark it off our to-do list every day. The Bible is God's Word. We have God's voice in written form. Many believers open the Bible to a random passage and just start reading. 
This isn't the ideal method or the best way to go about this. We should read the Bible one book at a time and slowly make our way through each book. We should set aside time each day, more time than you set aside to stare at your screens. But before you do, you need to ask God to guide you, to understand, and to learn. If you claim to be a believer and never crave to know more about God or His Word, that I would be concerned as to whether or not you are a true believer. God is clear. We must have His Word in order for us to grow spiritually. We need to love the Bible and to want to know more about it. The primary purpose of reading the Bible is not to know the Bible, but to know God. Don't neglect His Word. God has so many things that He wants to tell us, but our Bibles are closed. Reading the Bible is not where your engagement with the Bible ends. It's where it begins. It says here in Psalms 119.11, Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Where are you fighting it? Under all that superficial, immaterial, unimportant things that are keeping us from reading it? Or are you hiding it in your heart? It needs to be all or nothing a full surrender to the Word of God. The point to all of this is this. If you truly believe and trust that this is the Word of God, then you need to trust that it is more important than anything else in your entire life. That's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We have so much more coming your way. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Just search the name at return underscore to underscore truth and look for the logo. So feel free to drop us a Bible question and we'll answer it here on the show. You can also leave a comment or even request a shout out. You can find Return to Truth on many different podcast apps. Just search Return to Truth and look for the logo. Make sure to follow this podcast channel on any of those apps or websites to stay up to date. Don't forget to then comment and rate because I want to hear from you. And please share this podcast as much as you can. So remember to stay tuned as we return to truth.